Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Deuteronomy chapter 10. And if I were to give this a title, it would be, it's all for our good, so stop it. (laughs) It's all for our good, so stop it. It is amazing what God is going to share with us through Moses as he is preaching this sermon about why he's doing all of this and our role in it. And so it's, it's just amazing when you get to hear the love of God that we're going to hear in this chapter. So I can't wait to get into it. But as always, if you like what you're doing here, make sure that you are, if you're watching it on YouTube, like, share, and subscribing. If you are a podcast listener, you're my favorite. <laughs> make sure you are leaving us a five-star review. It really does help. And I want you to go to the Facebook group at Bible Breakdown Discussion, and let me know how you are engaging with this material. What is it that God is doing in your life, and how is it that it is challenging you to take steps in your walk with God? Because I'm going to tell you something, the more we dig, the more we find. And let somebody else know. Let someone know that, hey man, there's a group of people that are reading God's Word every day, and man, we are just discovering more and more and more about God's faithfulness in our lives. And this is one of those chapters, man, where I just absolutely love it. So let me catch you up if you're just now joining with us. And that is we're reading through the book of Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is a Greek word that means second law. And what is happening is the nation of Israel is finally ready to go into the promised land. All of the previous generation has died off except for Joshua and Caleb. And now this young generation is ready to go and to take over and to take the promises that God has given them. And Moses wants to go, but he can't. But what he can do is he can cheer on the next generation and set them up for everything that God is calling them to do. And so Deuteronomy, second law, is him telling them the story of what happened and then saying, here's what you do. Here's where you go. And so it's a series of sermons where he is challenging them to move forward in what God is calling them to do. And we've been talking about how he started over again. Here's the Ten Commandments all over again. Here's the faithfulness you need to give to the Lord. Here's what you need to do. And he's just building one step at a time what it is to follow the Lord into all of his promises. And so I think for today, there's never a more you know fitting message for us. And that is, man, you want to move into all that God has called you to do? Let me tell you, <laughs> the greatest leader to ever live other than Jesus himself, you know, you know, Solomon was the wisest. Moses was probably the greatest. I mean, it is amazing. And he is saying, I've been there. I've done that. Let me tell you what to do. And if I were to put it into two words, it would be trust and obey. Trust and obey is the only way. And that's what he's doing. He's building onto it. And here's another building block on this idea of trusting and obeying. He's going to talk to us about what happened after in in the book of Exodus when he came down off Mount Sinai and he destroyed the first two tablets at the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God. He destroyed them because he was so angry. And he's going to say, what happened next? And then he's going to, it's beautiful, the second half of this chapter. So let me stop gushing about it and let's actually read it, right? If you have your NLT Bibles open with me, get your cup of coffee ready. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verse 1 says this. 
At that time, the Lord said to me, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. Also make a wooden ark, a sacred chest to store them in. Come up to the mountain and I will write on the tablets the same words that were on the ones you smashed (laughs) and then place the tablets in the ark. So it's almost like God is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to do this again, but this time I need them out of your hands as soon as possible. So go put them in the ark as soon as you get them so you don't drop them again. All right. Or smash them. Go smash something else. All right. Verse three. So I made the ark of acacia wood and cut two stone tablets like the first two. Then I went up the mountain with the tablets in my hand. Once again, the Lord wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets and gave them to me. They were the same words the Lord had spoken to you from the heart of the fire on the day you were assembled at the foot of the mountain. Then I turned and came down the mountain, placed the tablets in the Ark of the Covenant, which I had just made, just as the Lord commanded me. And the tablets are still in the Ark. The people of Israel set out from the... uh, set out from the wells of the people of Jacob and traveled to Morshra, where Aaron died and was buried. His son Eleazar ministered as high priest in his place. Then they journeyed to Godaha. <laughs> There's no telling if that's how you're supposed to say that word. And from there to Batthaha. <laughs> Man, the land has many brooks and streams. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and to stand before the Lord and his ministers and to pronounce blessings in his name. These are the duties to this day. This is why the Levites have no share of property or possession in the land among the Israelite tribes. The Lord himself is their share or special possession, as the Lord your God told them. As for me, I stayed on the mountain in the Lord's presence for 40 days and nights and had nothing as I had done the first time. And once again, the Lord listened to my pleas and agreed not to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, get up and resume the journey and lead the people to the land I swore to give to your ancestors. And so they may take possession of it. So what he's saying is what happened is even though everything got messed up, for a little while, it looked like everything was done and over with. Instead, what happened was, is God renewed all of it. He gave us an opportunity to start again. And I love that idea that no matter how bad it gets, God never gives up on us. We may give up on ourselves. We may have to walk through seasons of darkness, but he never gives up on us. He always leads us through this and he gives us a chance to start over again. And that's what happened. He goes through, he gives it to him again. And then he says, okay, now let's go for it. And then I love this, what he says in verse 12. And now Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Listen to this four things. He asks of us. He requires only that you fear the Lord, your God, live in a way that pleases him, love him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then listen to this. He says, you must also, or excuse you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Let's pause there for just a moment. He's saying, you know why you want to do all of this? Primarily because you love the Lord. But you know why else? Because all this is for you. This is all for your own good. God isn't sending you to the promised land for his own good. He's fine. <laughs> he made the promised land. He he has no vested interest in this. He doesn't get a kickback off of you getting to the promised land. The reason why you get to the promised land is because he loves you. All of this is for your own good. Look at verse 14. He, he doubles down. He says, look, 
the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as objects of his love. He chose you, their descendants, above all other nations, as is evident today. So I love this. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. So what Moses is saying is, do you realize how much God loves you? Do you realize that he gets nothing out of loving you? As a matter of fact, you're kind of hard to love sometimes <laughs> because he tells you to go left and instead you go right. And then he pulls you back to the left. And then you pull on back to the right. And God hasn't given up on you yet. If you could ever realize that he loves you as much as he does, you would change your heart and stop being so stubborn. Verse 17 says this, for the Lord, your God is the God of gods and the Lord of Lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. So you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him and cling to him. Your oaths must be in the name, in his name alone. And he alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise and the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. When your ancestors went down into Egypt, they were only 70 with them. But now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. In other words, he's saying, if you just look behind you, you could realize all that God has truly done for you. Isn't that amazing? You know, I look back at this chapter. What really stands out to me is he says, the Lord chose you as objects of his love. And verse 16 says, therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. That's one of the things I run into as a pastor all the time is when I, I try to interact with people with God's word, you know, they'll say things that basically what they're kind of saying is, you know, why can't I just do this? Why can't I just do that? Why does God care about this? Why does God care about that? And I always have to tell them, you do, you do realize that none of this is for his benefit. The reason why God tells you to not sleep around, the reason why God tells you to not steal from one another and to be honest and all these different things, what good does he get out of it? He's fine either way. It has to do with you. It has to do with protecting you and protecting your heart and keeping in a close relationship with him because sin separates us from him. It's, it's all about keeping you safe. So the best thing for you is to not focus on you, <laughs> but rather to do what God says to do because he has chosen to love you. He didn't have to, but he's chosen to love you. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. And, and maybe that's a good word for all of us today. And that is this. I want you to listen to me real close. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his great love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, even on your worst day, God has chosen to love you. He's never going to change his mind. So since God has chosen to love you, that means everything he does in your life is for your good. Everything he tells you to stay away from is for your good. Every season you walk through is for your good. Romans eight twenty eight, that 
all things work together to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so, since God has chosen you to be an object of his love, change your heart and stop being stubborn. Maybe that's God's word for us today. Stop resisting the plan of God in your life. Stop resisting his goodness. For some of us, stop resisting his discipline. If you're going through a difficult season because of mistakes that you have made, stop resisting God's discipline. Instead, one of the greatest prayers you can pray, but also one of the most courageous is, God, I trust you. And if you choose for me to walk through this season, I will, because I'm going to stop being stubborn and I'm going to give my life over to you. And I'm going to tell you, there's joy when we choose to trust the Lord, because you've never been more loved than you are right now by him. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much that we are objects of your love, that you love us and you care for us and you are for us. So I pray you will soften our hearts, help us to not be stubborn, but to always turn our lives more fully over to you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Don't forget God's word says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, today I have given you the choice between life and death. Choose life. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. My prayer today is that you will choose life. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow for Deuteronomy chapter 11.